I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It girls, we the itch girls. I got Jenny and Lindsay in this bitch girl. Make you move your hips for sipping gin girl. Make you bounce your tits like it's a jig girl. Like boom. Queens, um, this week we've got a gas episode in store for you. We're going to be talking all things Samantha Jones. Do your best Samantha impression. Hi, girls. Hello. I hear this is the podcast we come to talk about sex. What do I like to do? I'm doing it every weekend. (laughs) (laughs) We love Samantha, so we're going to just dissect the enigma. Yeah, that is Samantha. We did it for Carrie. She's a bit of an annoying bitch. Samantha. We love so yeah, um, but first off, we want to talk about a little tune that came out this week. Yeah, well, I think it came out a few weeks ago, but this week today it went number one, premiered number one, and it's the first ever female rap duo to go oh Billboard number one. Um, I don't. There's always all these like Billboard number one in the premiere. Like I don't know, but I'm just know that that they put it up on their Instagram. All I know is Fair Play. All I know is it's a great song. So it's Wet Ass Pussy by Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion. It has been both celebrated and critiqued, as does any kind of like crazy song. I also, it's so much more like critiqued when it's bitches singing. I think absolutely two women. What I fucking love about the whole song is that it's two rappers like who could be against each other but they're choosing to like collab on this one song and not be like against each other they gave equal parts of yeah. the song like it's just a complete shared moment and um I think that's really cool because like we have people like Beyonce now Jenny and I have a thing with Miss B I fucking don't fucks with Beyonce I don't fucks with Beyonce Beyonce is a bitch. and I'm sorry and people like look I know some I know people, people are stunned they're like ah! Ew. No, yeah. we're so, so, so sorry, but Beyonce is a basic bitch, in my opinion. Well, Beyonce's obviously incredibly talented. Oh, yeah, but great I set don't, of pipes. Great set of pipes, but I just, especially as I've always said it, since the album Beyonce, she hasn't impressed me that much. Like, a lot of the stuff on Lemonade has been proven to be written by like someone else, so it wasn't even real. She's also like using some sort of affair, but then getting back with her boyfriend, but then apparently the affair was actually fake in the first place. Like, it's all I don't it's like it for so, so, so many reasons because she's so performative like as soon as feminism is the new thing she's like flashing that up on her stage yeah. where as soon as BLM she's like this BLM queen and it's like hold on queen B 
why the fuck are you not collaborating with other artists or like lifting up other artists she mm-hmm. is like notoriously known as someone who refuses to work with other females and I'm just sick of her fucking and Etta James was mad at her when she sung Very at Obama's mad. fucking she's just a nasty bitch in my opinion yeah, I'm not an opinion and also the fucking lift thing and I hate a celebrity where like she'll teeter out and drip out this little bit of like drama for financial gain and you know like with the whole the, lemonade yeah, yeah 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 and I was just like people were jizzing their fucking pants over the fact that apparently Jay-Z cheated on her who gives a flying fuck who Becky is it was just so performative they obviously paid off Rita Ora to like play along with Pretend, it it's just, it's, yeah. it's just like embarrassing but it was also embarrassing that thing like I mean as a complete side note like that whole story was just like Beyonce like you're one of the biggest selling female artists not even just R&B or whatever like of all time ever like you mm-hmm. don't need pet like either do no petty bullshit drama or like do full and like you know have a fucking TV show about it you know oh, like, totally yeah it's like either be that cool that you're like they're such an enigma I don't know what's going on like she only did I, she's done very little collabs but like I think her most recent one was probably Lady Gaga like of a big star of her si- same size that was Telephone in like 2000 and there was some beef in the background of that right there was well apparently like I can't remember what the exact beef was but I know that they were always supposed to do a part two like mm-hmm. there was meant to be part, Telephone part because I think that's called Telephone part one and then there was meant to be part two and it just never happened and apparently it was like Beyonce was not happy that it was like known as a Lady Gaga song or she just refused to do it again so then there was all these these rumours that Lady Gaga was going to do with Rihanna which would have been so cool and also speaking of Rihanna like Beyonce was such a type of person and performer until like Rihanna came out and I feel like she definitely tried to like be a bit like Rihanna because she was obviously jealous of her fame hence Maybe, drunken yeah. love well that I'll... was like hold on Beyonce like do you even drink and now you're like drunken love and like surfing well, on well you're Jay-Z's definitely not dick. drunk anyway or in love <laughs> okay <laughs> well there's a, that's our little ending pit of uh, yeah. pitting women against each other yeah. as they love to say we do but you know we're actually just holding all artists at the same regard we're just However, holding them accountable if you're gonna have feminism and all this shit then show live it don't just use it absolutely but Going back to the point of what we're talking about, we're going to be talking about obviously Wet Ass Pussy by Cardi B and Meg the Stallion, aka Hot Girl Meg. Who we love. I'm and like Jenny has been telling me for ages to watch her tiny desk, and I don't know why I just couldn't bring myself to. Because I'm usually, I usually watch a Wet, uh, wet Ass Pussy uh, tiny desk when they're more like low key. Yeah, so, so if you don't is- know what Tiny Desk is, just to fill you in, it's um, run by NPR. It's a YouTube show where they get in big artists and they do like an acoustic set kind of thing. And Meg The Stallion does one. And like I watched it at the start of quarantine. And I remember it was when um, Savage was really, you know, everyone was doing that fucking mm-hmm. dance. And for me, admittedly, like uh, Meg The Stallion to me was kind of like a like a viral kind of moment like I was like is yeah. she like a Normani I didn't really get it. I knew she was obviously a good rapper but like all I was used to hearing was I'm a savage I know and like Luna was like <sighs> non-stop in my ear and then that other song she does isn't it doesn't she do why don't you say is that no no that is um, your other one sorry Doja Cat. Doja Cat so anyway I was getting mixed up with all these TikTok songs so I really didn't give Meg Thee Stallion much credit and then I saw she had a tiny desk and now if you know anything about tiny desk pretty much anyone they get on has something to them you know no like they're, they're proper artists yeah well Taylor Swift but well they uh, Taylor Swift Harry Styles they just did that for the for, views yeah, like, and, and I refused play. to click into both I of those I was like I could either down it or I could not give them the view and I respect them so I will not give them Two the nerds. view Taylor Swift <laughs> 
Lizzo's was good And I'm not a Lizzo fan But I actually did like hers Except it was I, a bit screamy Yeah I wasn't mad on Lizzo I thought she pushed the vocals A bit too much And she doesn't need to she's, But she was funny So I yeah. liked that And she looked great But So I saw this come up in my Because I always get recommended Tiny desks And it was like Meg the Stallion And I was like No way Okay fucking cool I'll put it on And I was Blown away <laughs> You sound like Mr. Burns That's what I was kind of I was blown away I was like Are you fucking Joking No she's sick in that And can I just say I'm so glad we now have a huge Like female rapper from the south Because like So many big female rappers Are from New York Which is great I mean like literally Lil' Kim Cardi B Nicki Minaj All from New York uh, But it's you know We get the same kind of slang We get the same accent References sometimes And the same flow Like New York <laughs> Me sounding so white The New York flow is very you can really... I'm sick of the New York, New York flow I'm that, sick of that Eastern <laughs> flow Give me some of that Creole flow but I love I love that Megan the Italian Like first of all That like she calls herself Stallion because she's 5'10 I know heels. I love that she also calls herself Hot Girl Meg I'm I like, know that is such and a she's cool. just a wholesome hoe you know yeah yeah. like she um, stayed in college and stuff she's and still she's enrolled, so apparently. fucking funny in interviews but there's not many interviews but uh, which is so cool yeah but she is like, like when you were talking about like her flow yeah um, she like she sings like a total different beat on the beat. Like she makes a whole. She goes you know? like offbeat kind of rapping. Mm. She reminds me of like Juicy J and uh, like that whole Southern kind of rap is yeah. way different to like anything that I know from like New York or you know main, most a lot of rap that you hear that I know of anyway is from like New York or uh, LA. So yeah, when you hear that Southern accent, you know you get like it has a twang to it. And so I and was, the way she performs as well, and the, like she really oh just owns. I like it. a fucking jazz artist She yeah. like was running That whole band And it was the first time She played with that band Like yeah. that's a true And her first time Ever playing her. with the band And they're following her Yeah That's like so cool So I saw a comment On the tiny desk And I was like Oh shit You know You ever read a YouTube comment And you're like Yes I will be thumbsing that oh, up Oh I love a thumbs up On a YouTube <laughs> like, comment But they were like Meg flows differently And they're like Only artists who write Their own lyrics Can flow that way mm-hmm. And I was like That's so true Because so it's true. like She knows the lyrics so well And she, she can knows change, Well she wrote it them. And she, she spun The lyric yeah. And like She changes them up And she's so confident With Like she never trips ever I just She barely even breathes She like, doesn't even look like it. She's thinking about it It's no. just so natural So she is like Obviously just coming up Cardi B has been huge For like Four years yeah I mean at least three And like Cardi B and her Have a lot of similarities In that like they both Kind of went viral online I was reading about Meg the Stallion today And like she went viral First in 2013 Her mom was a rapper So cool oh Um, And apparently She came to her mum Being like I want to be a rapper And her mum wouldn't let her do it Until she was 21 Because she was like Your lyrics are too raunchy Oh my god <laughs> Because Meg the Stallion, this is what makes her such a fucking it gal. I mean, one of the many things. But her lyrics. X gal, baby girl. X gal. The lyrics in Meg the Stallion songs, I've been listening to her all day. And they are so raunchy, but like in a really cool way. Like she's not just being um, like you know derogatory or like talking, like swearing for the sake of it. It's like her every word has a punch and like. She it's like she's almost like telling a joke. Like she's setting herself up and having punchlines. Like they're so. It reminds odd. me a little bit of how Amy Winehouse wrote, mm. but like to a much raunchier. Yeah. Like if if Amy Winehouse was a rapper, because she kind of has like a jazz flow to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like well, it's that southern thing, you know. Yeah. Like, and um, yeah, the way that like Amy Winehouse was like hilarious in her lyrics as well. Totally. So and there's like hidden jokes. Like she has this. I was listening to this one song today, and she says something in it like. 
She's like, but talking about a guy. Oh yeah, she's like, a guy told me that he missed me. I asked him to send a stack to prove it, basically. To be like, he was like, can I have a picture? I miss you. And she's like, send me some money and I'll believe it. And then she's like, you actually can't trust men these days. So I took sent him a picture of another girl's titties. <laughs> I'm like, you're <laughs> fucking gas. Let's look at her um her verse in the freaking song. Okay. So gobble me, swallow me. <laughs> I sound like such a fucking white loser. Do it like maybe a poetic reading. Gobble me, swallow me. Drip down the side of me, yeah. Quick, jump out before you let you get inside of me. I tell him where to put it, never tell him where I'm about to be. I run him on, for I have a running me. Talk your shit, bite your lip, ask for a car while you ride that dick. You really ain't never gonna fuck him for a thing. He already made his mind up before he came. <laughs> I love her. She's so, so good. So what was your, I remember, um... I had seen people talk about it loads and like I, I like any of those kind of viral songs I don't know I, I'm always just like Ugh. and I just thought it was going to be another savage and I just saw I didn't even realize that like Cardi B was on I didn't know what the whole I just kept seeing people but like being like whap 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 and I was like okay whatever and I saw that the video was like so stylized and stuff and then it came up on my recommends again and I was like Fine, let's fucking let's fuck with it. Let's now, do it. Now the cover as well is so deadly. Yes, that's it's kind of what's so me. deadly. The like, back they to look back with so their alike, their tongues, the earrings, and that like deadly hair. The hair that's like all like entwined together. Yeah. Um. So I was like, fine, fuck it, let's do it. So I, I remember I watched the video and I couldn't. I I really liked it, but I was like wet and gushy. I was and it was so censored. I mean, that's what I was saying to you as well. I miss the days when it was when like videos were played on MTV that they would do the video to the uncensored version and they'd Mm. just censor out the words uh, during the day because like that song as much as they actually did a really good job by saying like wet and gushy because like it still gets that onomatopoeia right like I was like wet and gushy and then I saw WAP and I was like oh it's wet ass (laughs) pussy okay (laughs) and uh but I just felt like I love that it's wet ass pussy which is like wet ass but also wet ass and pussy yeah yeah it's like whoa what a trio (laughs) <laughs> um, so I was watching it or whatever And then I was like Okay now fuck this shit I watched it and I was like Okay great love the video But I was like I need to hear this actual song Because yeah. the fucking lyrics Because you're so right I remember loving D12 And when that song Purple Pills came out oh. And it would be on MTV And it was like I've been through many and, uh, Yeah Because it was all blurred it out was purple And then yeah there was like, They'd say Purple Hills But it was, it was Purple, purple Pills Drugs man Great song <laughs> Such a good song Deadly It was all like Teletubby vibes <laughs> <laughs> great fucking <laughs> song. song um but yeah there and there's one like uh there's one verse in that that has loads of blur- bleeps out and it made me as a teenager be like i need oh i know to i'm know. like i'm staying up i'm sneaking downstairs and tuning in <laughs> but then when i listened to wap on actual spotify i was like holy shit this song is fucking so good so one of the lyrics that everyone is kind of going crazy over mm-hmm. is when Cardi B says I want you to hit the little jiggly thing at the back <laughs> of my like, throat I want you to hit that little dangly thing that's swing in the back of my throat <laughs> what is that thing I don't know what it's called I just knew back in the day when I'd be like when I used to puke when I would get pissed yeah like I'd like be getting so like I can't puke anymore because that was my saviour back in the day I'd be like so lit and then I'd be like I'll be back in a minute and I'd just touch that little dangly thing and I'd be like Bleh. and then I'd be oh, like yeah. ready to party again but now I'm like Hold it all in, and I'm acting like a fucking nut job. Um, that the lyric, the lyric that she says in that song reminds me of when it's like Cardi B. I don't know. I know there's always that thing of like she doesn't write her own raps, but some of the stuff I'm like, she must at least say this to a songwriter because it's so her. Like yeah. the ra- remember also. Well, she's so good with just like 
she's so quick and smart yeah. in interviews. So, so I, always, I, I, it reminds me of uh, I like those Balenciagas, the ones that look like socks. It's yeah. like that kind it's of. It's just kind of like so, so matter obvious. of fact. Yeah, or something yeah, yeah. that it's like funny, you know that way. Um, but yeah, I was like, fair play, Cardi B. I mean, I love them doing together, and Make the Stallion has a song with Nicki Minaj. So I'm like, oh. It's like all the queens getting together, yeah. even though Nicki Minaj and Cardi B will forever hate each other. But, that's but I okay. kind of like as well that Megan is not playing up to that shit because yeah. a lot of the time, you know, it'd be like, yeah. oh, if you do a song with her, I won't be doing a song like that she'd have to choose. But she's yeah. obviously so hot and so talented that they're like, ah, yeah, you know, freaking fan curling over her. Um, <laughs> but uh, so obviously the song being it yeah. so Ronche has come under loads of criticism too mm-hmm. uh, like loads of I mean like obviously like loads of people are like I can't believe the lyrics and like the lyrics are like they're like Eminem level of like you know they're Eminem was a explicit different like, well, I, I mean, mean explicit level they're not explicit the same. but like what I I'm just so tired of people getting so offended over stuff that has been going since the beginning of time like mm-hmm. I mean when Eminem came out it was actually quite shocking because of his violence it was more the yeah. violence that was like scary and stuff and now I get where people are coming from in the sense of you know Megan Thee Stallion you know is huge on TikTok and has all these little kids dancing so when I first heard the song it did I was like oh fuck is Luna gonna be dancing to wet ass pussy or wet like I, that's not mm-hmm. desirable and it does have like the song is really you know explicit li- lyrics but the song is still very pop and kind of yeah well yeah, like it's grimy and like I think the a, difference between you know, I, I get what you mean because like the thing is like in the past like I say a lot of like gangster rap like it wouldn't really be as viral or as like on radio play you know that yeah. way if you look at like I mean obviously some of it is but a lot of the time like they're hugely explicit songs even by uh, like uh, artists like Tupac or Biggie or Eminem even like weren't going on the radio but like yeah. they were like also, the B-side yeah. or like yeah this is also like a pop song and it's uh, you know as you can see it's the biggest song out right now so it is like everywhere Um, so I can understand that you know and I mean for kids for me I'm like look there's I can't control that no. the only thing I can control is by like checking Luna's fucking TikTok and be like that's not cool like she had one song the other day I was checking her TikTok and it was like a bad song so I was just explaining the word so in some ways like you know if your kids listen to you I was listening to songs when I was younger or watching shows where, without knowing what they uh, are. Absolutely. So you just have to like, for me, I just kind of go to my kids and I, I'm like, that's a bad word. Well, I understand a, that you didn't know that. Yeah. But. It's a parenting note, not a, like, I mean, because what are we supposed to do? Make all art completely suit, like PG for kids? It's like impossible to, you know, censor that. But I, think I think the conversation that like people have been kind of bringing up who are coming up against the song is saying like, why do women have to stoop so low to sexualize themselves so much to sell a song? And, um, then obviously the TikTok kind of thing but like just because Megan Thee Stallion got viral doesn't mean that she has a responsibility to make music that could potentially be listened to by kids you know like that's not yeah. her responsibility that's parents responsibility and whatever uh, and in terms of like I mean people are saying that it's not empowering or that it's like you know it, it yeah. you know the whole like over sexualizing ourselves and like we feel like women feel like they have to or like this is teaching women that like you sexualize yourself to you know be desirable or like it's not focused on the music but I kind of love and Little Kim kind of was probably one of the first that did this where like she's I love female rappers who rap like male rappers yes and not even because I'm like Yas Queen it's like a mirror up to 
the whole industry. Like, why are we so fucking in a tiz when two women come out and do it? When men are doing it all the time and no one gives it. Like, I don't listen to, like, your man's 60, text 69 fucking... Takashi 69. Yeah, I can never say his name. He scares <laughs> me. I think I had a dream about him the other day. See the one that's dead? No, sorry. That's the no, other that's one. No, that's Juice Ex- World or something. No, Ex-Tay-C on. I can never say his name. Oh, Ex-Nation. ex on. R.I.P. But like, you know, I just, this, like, this is what is popular right now. End of. And I think because, like, say with your man, Takeshi, like, because of like the reality like of him being in jail and whole, the whole story mm-hmm. like as soon as he came out and he had like one of the most watched lives I think in the history of Instagram and stuff like that yeah. like people like the whole thing but at least Megan is like still in school she's a really humble gal and she's owning her lyrics and even her name like the fact that she's owning her her height as a woman like she's five fucking ten and also Cardi, like that's empowering and like Cardi B worked in a strip club for years so she's allowed fucking own like you know what I mean she's allowed call herself a hoe she's allowed use those words she's allowed talk about uh, you know sex work and sexual well, matters the realities I mean, of, of course, her life as well, well exactly you know? but also uh, the the things that made her so famous and she's also still like quite close to that community you know that mm-hmm. way Um, and one thing that you know when it comes into the whole empowerment thing the thing that really fucking annoys me is like why is we, why are women always held to this like quota of like your song has to be empowering though like people are like how is this empowering they're talking about their genitals and they're talking about like doing all these explicit things to men and it's always about female sexuality but you know we don't listen to a drake song or a uh, a snoop dogg song or uh you know a fucking whatever two-pack song whatever the hell it is we don't listen to any of those songs and be like they're extremely empowering, yes. Like, was Eminem empowering when he was talking about tying up Kim and raping her and putting her in the back of his car? No, that's not empowering, but it's music and it's, you know, an expression of, I don't know, anger or, like, mistrust or whatever the fuck you want. Like, men can make songs, men rappers... Ask Slim. <laughs> but men, rap, male rappers can make songs about anything. They can be, like, silly parody songs, like the way some of Eminem's were. They can, like, be endorsing things like drug and gang culture they can be t- bragging about murder and we never ever ever are like this is not male empowerment but like when a woman makes a song even if it is just sexy sexy or sexual why does that also have to be empowering why can't they just make a song about sex and fucking and being nasty yeah they why do they to. have to yeah why do they have to be these like queens who are why like do also- doing it like they're not I hate the thought of like that they are doing it for other women yeah it's like this responsibility that we- that female rappers specifically are like you know, made uh, also hold. Like with the whole Cardi B and Nicki Minaj thing, people are like, it would be just so much more empowering if you liked each other. Well, guess what, bitch? Welcome to the real world. Not all women have to like each other. Yeah. Like, and you know, I can look at aspects of Nicki Minaj's career or Cardi B's and be like, that's empowering. It doesn't mean that I have to be like, you know, find 360 degrees of their life empowering. And just so Meg Thee Stallion and Cardi B don't have to write a song with the lyrics, the, the containments of the song don't have to be empowering themselves to everyone because they're never going to be empowering to everyone. But what is empowering is seeing two female rappers going billboard, number one, platinum across the world, biggest song out there. I think it's empowering that they join forces. Totally. And I think it's, I hate that fucking word. I think it's mm. empowering. It's that, such an um, overused fucking word in general. I'm just so, like, it's just so not a thought in my mind. No, me neither. It's like if the song slaps, it slaps. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, one of the most common questions we get 
when we open up our tumbler is about our confidence and how do we stay so confident and confident confident I don't think about it I just do mm. you know I don't wake up and look in the mirror and have an affirmation or you know I just do it and I think in this day and age we're so fucking like we're not just doing it we're like journaling before mm. we do it. or we're like manifesting it's like just do the thing like you know I just go out and be confident it's just in me so I can't really give advice on that but I would from like rap music I do feel like a sense of like it gives me this energy like Mm. I listen to like rap most of the time in the morning and during the day and it just gives me this like energy and therefore I guess that's an empowering thing um because a lot of to do with rap is the attitude that's given through the lyrics and through the music you know it's not always about dissecting the lyrics and you know it's it's not like poetic Bob Dylan where you're like it's actually in fact it's about the 1968 student rebellion against you know sometimes rap music yeah. has there's like memes within rap music there's repetitions that like a lot of rappers do like you know there's all these different things like nuances within rap music that don't always mean that the lyric is completely literal it's more about the attitude and the swag <laughs> That they are portraying And like when you look Look at that tiny desk For anyone who Is still on the fence About Megan Thee Stallion's talent That Mm -hmm. for me Not saying that she's untalented But if you're looking for her talent Well you see the thing about tiny desk Is that like that's where you're going to get A more authentic look at an artist That's why I love that um, YouTube channel so much Because like Anderson Pack is on it He like one of my favourite performances from him Mac Miller so many artists it's like it's a sit down of like four or five of their like really like probably most well known and some unknown songs yeah. Summer Walker does a deadly one you're really getting an insight into who the artist is because it's just them stripped yeah. back with like acoustics you know yeah, so. so it's just if you are on the fence of her her talent beyond viral songs and maybe even if wet off wet off wet off wet pussy isn't your vibe which I'm presuming most it calls it is their vibe Go watch that because that is such a good uh, performance, and it is. that had me like, what? I listened to it like three times. I yesterday. was like, she has these songs out there, and we're all just singing "Savage." Like, we, I guess it always is the way. Like, I mean, some of well, I mean, it is our responsibility as well to find enough songs. That, well, I just mean that. like songs that went viral are like "Savage," so it's like, of yeah. course, we're gonna know that one the most. You know, but I mean, I get. I just think it's this whole song is just a fun, explorative, like a look and an insight into how. Women, when they're really close, mm. can talk. Like, I have friends who I can just, like, spill to about, like, crazy sexual things. You know, like, whatever. And I think that's such an important element of, like, friendship. Men and female. Like, I think men, it's important for them to kind of be like, oh, my God, I did that. You know? Yeah. Just to be able to express the intimacies of, like, bedroom shit. And you even know? sometimes not intimacies. Even if it's just, like, animalistic kind of sh- Sexual stuff. I mean the intimacies in this and the, like usually it's yeah. just between you and whoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get you. So like, um, but like that's you just know, an integral thing of like our podcast that we want to just like totally. open up. So a but song it, like that is just do. making light and fun of some of these gas cinemas of like. Uh, yeah, it's like a, it's like a look into a head. girl's WhatsApp group, which is like what ex gals and it gals are, you know. So it's like I by saying that they're lowering their standards or it's like vulgarity. It's just holding two artists being male and female rappers specifically at completely different standards like male rappers have been talking shit for years which I also am like fine with you know I'm what I mean I'm just like sing and do like what you want yeah that is empowering in itself and it is empowering to just be able to like not be so freaked gobble me swallow me or whatever mm-hmm. like 
She's like, get over it. It's poem. It's poetry. Like, it's not, you know what I mean? I don't get it. Like, most, I, I just don't get how people are. I get it in the terms of, like, kids. But again, that's just a whole other thing. It's a different Check your kids' phones. Blah, blah, blah. You know? Yeah, it's a different um, conversation. But, when it but comes it is to- so empowering to actually be open with sex talk, I think. Absolutely. Like, we do it every... All the time, you know, with our WhatsApp group. And it's just a real, like, it makes you closer. It makes you feel, like, less awkward. Like, in a song like WAP, obviously, it's kind of, like, making it out to be... The only thing I would be kind of like, uh, it's that it is kind of, like, very much, like, the male pleasuring. They're talking about, like, swallowing dick, hitting her throat. I don't think so. I would completely disagree. I think that it's just talking about sex, first of all, matter of fact, and loads of it is about them taking... Like it's It's their action Like for someone to be like You know They're being dominant In a lot of the In a lot of the actions While Say giving pleasure Yeah But I think that they're also like You know She's like Gobble me swallow you Or whatever And she's like I want your dick to go All the way down my throat But she's being so aggressive about it That I think it's like Flipping it a little bit You know what I mean I don't think it's I, I would see it more Through the eyes of the woman Than I would as the man You know what I mean See I just I t- kind of saw it Through the eyes of the man I just okay. thought it was a bit flexy to be like, basically, touch that little dangly thing. You're basically saying that you want a deep throat future or whoever. Yeah, but like, why? I mean, because I just think if it's, I just it's think it's more empowering. Song, Say if we're sexting, I I know I just think it's more empowering. I think it would be cool if they were talking about what they want done to them. You know, we're yeah. constantly talking about sucking dick, sloppy dick, whack your dick across my face. Can we talk about? Can we try and school men on how to suck a damn clit, for God's sake? Well, they do say that in the song. Doesn't a little like bit. The stallions say, like, swipe your nose up my ass like it's a credit card? Yeah. Like, come on. I, that, I would like more of that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. That's well, my own personal thing. You can thing. lodge your complaint with Cardi B. Or maybe I'll write my own rap song. <laughs> you have. I have. I have a lookout song, actually. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> uh, wait for Lindsay's tiny desk for that one. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss um, so we're going to be talking about Samantha Jones very Samantha Jones opening yes she, very like I mean Samantha when you look at the four gals in Sex and the City and obviously the whole thing crumbled at the end like Kim Cattrall who plays Samantha Jones you know there was drama that went on we have an episode like ages ago where we spoke about that mm-hmm. um and revisiting the character of Samantha Jones, you really just do kind of understand where Kim Cottrell was coming from. She was the most standout, important character in the whole show in terms of like what she gave, what she really gave to like, 
society in that time was something that we hadn't seen before there has mm-hmm. not been a character like Samantha Jones and I do feel like even through looking through some quotes just before we recorded I was like oh that actually stays in my head that penetrated so deep within me that I still carry it as like armor with me to like to this day you know and I well, don't get that from Charlotte or Carrie you know so I think she was such an important character which I think I understand where she was coming from in terms of like there was a big financial war and stuff like that with um who was making more money because and Samantha just put so much in and was so integral to the fucking show more so than anyone I personally think what do you think um was she integral yeah I mean like I think I mean it's a hard argument to make because I think like they're all integral for the show to be what it was I think that Samantha Jones I'd agree with you that like a lot of what she said and the message she put out there in the first few seasons was quite um, like punk rock almost for TV back then. I do think her character was done really dirty as the seasons went on. Um, I would say like from like mid season five and towards season six, like she didn't really wow me as a character. I felt like it got a little corny for her. Like I never fully, like they tried to bring in the like, they tried to bring in like that cancer storyline which was meant to like humanise her but it's like she was humanised so many other times through being Samantha too like through her relationship with Richard through her like refusing to be judged by her friends or like refusing to ever not stick up for herself like she was always so you know her own cheerleader and her own friends cheerleader well there was like a change of writers I do feel like at the end well, that of the was series. only season two I, I think, don't know there was, I, think, I do feel like Just in general It got quite repetitive Because as the show went on They got older And some things Just seemed a bit stale And you know And they were trying true. to But I, I do feel that, that Like her character Was was given the least amount Of character development Throughout the whole show Up until around Like season 4 Was really her like Peak That was like you know That was the show's peak I do think Season 4 in general But from 5 onwards I just felt like They kind of did her Character dirty Um, Whereas we had like A huge kind of character development with Charlotte and with Miranda if we want to take Carrie out of it you know Miranda had that whole like thing with Steve and she had the like her moving out to Brooklyn and like having the kids and her whole family expanding and all that kind of stuff was an interesting storyline Carrie obviously you know she's the main character so she's going to be given a lot of the good storylines but I remember in that podcast we mentioned which I'll link below because we always get asked about it but I can never remember the fucking name of the podcast it has some random name but they said that when like the whole argument over money with Kim Cattrall happened like they started to and when Sarah Jessica Parker was becoming executive producer they weren't giving her really and she wasn't really interested in which is understandable pursuing well. like I mean, yeah pursuing well she wasn't also interested in it she wanted to quit like in she a workplace to, if you she are to kill. causing trouble you're probably not going to be getting as good offers as other people well I mean that's arguable as well it's like is it causing trouble to be wanting equal pay I don't know if that's causing trouble or whatever it is but well like she wanted equal pay when she wasn't the producer oh yeah 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 but, so that would be probably I don't know anyway no one knows it's all like hearsay and different yeah. gossip and there's... But what I'm saying is the, the my point being is that like the the writing of the show didn't unfortunately hit her character where her character was I think on the rise and like was getting more interesting and then it kind of just was like it was just like her lines became cornier her storyline became stagnant what do you think they could have done with her just let's have a little brainstorm I don't know honestly but I feel like they didn't have to do a whole lot I think she's such an amazing actress and I think she was doing pretty much the same thing for four seasons and always kept it interesting and it was always funny and her having they could have made her go celibate for a while they could have made her go celibate they could have made her like I don't know I, I really 
do you know what? I, she's one of those characters that I'd just be happy for her being Samantha for six seasons. Like just bringing in, you know, because where they were all mm-hmm. settling down and getting boyfriends, that was always the fun of it was that Samantha's the fun single friend who's like, when you, all your friends are like in a single like, or in like, you know, mon- monogamous relationship, this friend is coming in being like, oh my God, I got with this guy last night. It was fucking crazy. He ate my ass, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That was entertaining. And that was bringing in this, like she was the constant single. Although she was having flings, it was like this They shouldn't have kept energy. her with Smith for that long that was unrealistic and I think it was just like I don't like watching a show that I really believed in and then you're like oh come on this wouldn't happen it's completely unrealistic I think what they could have done is they I think they missed a little beat when Miranda's mum passed Mm. and there was the whole storyline of Samantha losing her orgasm and stuff like that I think they could have definitely explored her dealing with menopause that would have probably been more interesting than cancer her dealing with like because her being this you know desirable sex pot who's going out and easily getting lads I think would have been really interesting to see her sex drive go down her aging a bit more not being able to get with guys and searching for something that like wasn't as easily got because like it's all fun and games being single in your 20s and your 30s there's like loads of guys going around single but then there's going to be a certain age when you're like where the fuck are the guys and even that whole idea of like older men is like a sexy thing. They could have definitely done something with That's that. That's a really good point. I think that would have been a like really smart move on the writer's part because there's just so much more they could have explored. And Samantha does explore that in the earlier episodes. Like there's that episode where she misses her period and she's in the toilet and she's like freaking out. And, like, and she gets a, cra- and, a gray pube. Well, I, yeah, I think she does that. <laughs> but I, I love that scene where they're on the toilet and like, Carrie's like does anybody have a tampon and Charlotte's like passing it over her and it's like it's like when you have a pregnancy scare and everyone's like period 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 you're like I haven't got mine and she's Uh, freaking out the worst feeling oh my god but I mean for her it was such a poignant that was really early I'm thinking that's like season two maybe season one they definitely skipped a beat with that and like like, she was worrying about it then there's also that really uh, famous scene where Carrie is freaking out and she's turning 35 and she's like 35 Five. And then Samantha's like, oh, shut up, I'm 105. And they're yeah. like, oh, she finally admits that, like, she's older than them all because apparently she had, like, turned 39 for the, like, last six years. Because that totally would have humanized her more and just made it more realistic. And I think we would have been able to, because I soaked up so much knowledge from her and one liners and confidence and all this is what I took from the character. But I mean, she was dating a Hollywood superstar, which was realistic for her character. Like for a while Like Smith would have been A great fling Or even a great Like her first love But it would have been Interesting as well For like Her to get with him Fall in love with him And then like He dumps her For a younger woman Or something Yeah or even her Feeling really insecure With this guy Like she was just very Like la-di-da And going out With this really 51 I'm fucking fabulous And it's like No she would even She would have been Dragged in the media Yeah You know and stuff like that So that could have been Anyway Maybe we will somehow be writing the Sex and the City movie when they all make up and they're 85 <laughs> getting the leg over. <laughs> but let's talk about Samantha as a character. So she obviously was the most like raciest. She had the most craziest sex scenes out of everyone. She was the most sexually explorative. She was also the one that I think gave the name for the show publicly. Like if you didn't know... Sex in the City You knew about Samantha From Sex in the City And I remember when I was like My mum was like You're too young To be watching that show Like I It was because of Samantha It was because of Samantha It was like 
And that was also something that allegedly like Kim Cattrall got really bitter towards was because she was like, I'm putting a lot of the most raciest sex in Sex in the City out Which there. is outrageous. Like Miranda, in fairness to her, she was naked a lot. Carrie Bradshaw, Samantha, or what's her name? SJP. Yeah. She refused to show nudity. She only ever wears a bra, which is just like... And she was like, but Carrie loves fashion. She'd always wear a bra. That's a weak ass she loves. I know. It's like, bitch, get your tits out. Get your fucking tits out. They're only small. Stunning. Yeah, stunning as well, and they and Charlotte shows her titties. Charlotte yeah. has the most sex apparently besides Samantha. Yeah, it's not wild. so interesting. But but I mean, Charlotte's sex was very like missionary. It was always her like floating on a dick. Um, yeah, fucking Miranda has really like I it's, get uncomfortable no, watching. Oh, Mar- Samantha, I feel Miranda. like I've walked in on my parents Me when I'm too. watching. Miranda. She's like. <laughs> And like, she's so sweaty And the guys are so like Her hair is always sticking up <laughs> yeah. on head And the cats. guys are rotten looking But Samantha is known for like Just the most outrageous Like there's the sex swing episode There's when she wrestles Like she's <laughs> There's the big guy When she the dick is too big That and she's like brilliant With the joint yeah. And even like her drug taking She was the only one who was into drugs Yeah she was always like I took an ecstasy I Like know, she like, <laughs> That's so fucking hilarious She's there taking fucking drugs I know So gas And she had the lesbian affair Oh we'll get, get into, into. So, so let's yeah. Well we run through So we have this article here Which I'll also leave in um, the The bio The bio <laughs> below If you want to read along with us But it's 10 of uh, Samantha's uh, Oh 10 Samantha Jones quotes That are full of wisdom And this will give us Like an overview 10 of- Samantha Jones quotes That are full of wisdom <laughs> It's this really w- problematic But you should watch The Christina Aguilera When she um, is acting as She's doing a skit On SNL And she's playing Samantha Jones It's fucking gas Oh really? <laughs> yeah um, So this will give us A good overview Of her as a character I think Because it has so many So do you want to start off There at number 10 Listen to me The right guy is an illusion Start living your lives I remember that episode Is that from the first episode? That's uh, episode one She's like The right guy is an illusion Start living your lives Which is true Because they were so like Obsessed with finding a boyfriend Searching Mm. for a boyfriend And she was like Just live your life Yeah live your life And like you know The men will come Number nine And this one Me and Lindsay Can very much relate to If I worried what every bitch In New York was saying about me I'd never leave the house Exactly I honestly When I read that again today I was like I think about this All the so time So often <laughs> Anytime I'm like Oh shit If I've got into some If I know someone hates me Or yeah. whatever the fuck Someone's got mad on Twitter about it So I'm like Oh fuck I have to walk or around you find out someone you never South met before William Street. Fucking blocked you on Instagram It's like Yeah <laughs> Or you know that you party in the same places You drink in the same places And I'm like I'm gonna see this fucking bitch it's, yeah. But like With If you wear Samantha's attitude Yeah They'd want to see you. True. You know? Number nine. Or number eight. I will not be judged by you or society. So this was, um, this was a really good scene and a good storyline when uh, Carrie walked in on Samantha giving her delivery guy head and she like ran out and then she brought it up at the lunch with the girls and slagged her off being like, oh, Samantha doesn't sign the slip. She sucks him off or something like that. Yeah. And Samantha was just like, fuck off, bitch. I love when she's like, I will suck whomever and whenever, wherever that I want. Yeah. <laughs> Blow, I think she yeah. said. But like, 
But it is true because I think Samantha in that instance is like, okay, bitch, hold on. My stories are all fun and games when I'm telling you over lunch. But once you see it, you don't like it. It's like once you have evidence that I'm like this in my everyday, then it becomes like your little dig at me. You know what I mean? I think as well, it was off the back of Carrie had had an affair and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And it can feel kind of like, I mean, I know this from personal experience. When you're the single person, it can feel like your single liaisons aren't as important as, say, your friends who are in relationships. It's just like, you know, just because, you know, say there's dirt in every situation. So like Carrie was yes in these seemingly successful long-term relationships, but they were just as dirty as sucking off someone in your fucking office because Mm -hmm. she was cheating on him, you know? So it was kind of like... It's not fair for you to be like, oh, you're crazy. It's like, so are you. You were yeah. running around sleeping with another man. Who's married. Yeah. And your ex-boyfriend. Uh, so number seven is, the test of a good relation is, a relationship is, are you like this? Smiles. Or like this? Frowns. <laughs> I think about this loads. Really? Because I think that there is, like, I remember her saying that and being like, it's so damn true. If you're walking around mm-hmm. constantly angry and sad and take, especially when I take this as like, if you're walking around and taking out your anger from your like shitty ass relationship out in your friends, like if they're seeing you as a sad, angry, miserable, grumpy, moany person, something ain't right at home. You know what I mean? You're taking that out. And as we said, and like, I think it was X-Gals last week, like we take out uh, our anger and our frustration on the people who we're closest to. So your friends are going to see that, you know, that way. Yeah. And I think that it is that, uh, you know, old saying of like you know it's like the good the good has to outweigh the bad and if the bad is outweighing the good and you are walking around like this frowning yeah yeah there's probably something wrong that's a mark you know I think it's like her she's Samantha's great at like paring stuff down into like a really simple like bite-sized moment of like are you happy most of the time or are you sad most of the time yeah because like if a relationship is drama and work and fighting more than it is enjoyment and actually like benefiting your life and making you happy what the fuck are you doing yeah oh what this one's doing? a great one. Oh, i think about this one a lot <laughs> a lot a lot a lot and i swear by it and i live by it fuck me badly once shame on you fuck me badly twice shame on me that's true it's like <laughs> so true you get with a guy after you're like i'll give him another chance okay well he was kind of like a bit like mm. like i think and it's not it goes beyond sex too it goes also into like you know bad date once shame on you but like bad date twice you know if I'm going to go I'll give him another chance when I meet up for this date and I'm like oh again he paid for fuck all again he was on his phone the whole time again he spoke about himself and didn't ask any questions why am I surprised yeah. my fault and I really do live by that because I value my time Yeah. and if I'm going to be hanging out with someone I want to have fun I want it to be enjoyable I that's <laughs> literally it and I want to be able to have good sex mm-hmm. so I'm not going to give a guy a second chance if he's like a moany prick and a got and a shit ride. Yeah. I'm just not doing it. True. Truly, why would I waste Medzian's time? Um, this one, I remember, I think it's in the second movie and she says, I am 50 fucking two and I will rock this dress. It's when like she's buying a dress and the sales associate is like, is it not a bit young? Which is really annoying. But I did find this scene. This was when like Samantha became very performative, super corny performative she was like slapstick comedy and it was like Samantha uh, the reason why I really didn't and it was like, a bit embarrassing well the reason I didn't really like really didn't like this was because they did not style Samantha well in the second movie at all like and Samantha in the 
TV show has some of the sickest style. Like her style is so nailed down. Like we all know about Carrie's style, blah, blah, blah. But Samantha's style I thought was like impeccable because she was like, it reflected her personality so well. It was, it was sexy, like sexy, bold, professional, like standing out, but also very classic and simple. It always it was, was really eighties, which is like, and she never dressed too young. You know what I mean? She never was going around looking like, like she always nailed it. Always. You know, and she always looked classy, but like her youngness was, I guess, showcased in vivacious. her color choices yeah, and like her jewelry choice. choices. Yeah. But she'd never had like her tits out or her like no. body shown much. So yeah, it was a bit like, that doesn't make sense. And then they kind of, then she went to some premiere and Miley Cyrus was in the show or in the, movie whatever if, I can't remember if it was the series or the show and she's wearing the same dress yeah and then it was just yeah I kind of was just a bit it like it was a lame attempt at doing the whole age storyline and, and again Samantha it's not helpful for older women because like you do get to a certain age where there's certain clothes that you can't wear for totally you know you have fucking blue veins but also like Samantha would never have like yes she might have been like fuck off to the sales associate but like Samantha wouldn't have made such a show and got like I remember in that scene she looked very affected and annoyed and what my in my mind Samantha of like season two or three would have done was like bought the dress and then walked in the next day like wearing it and said hello to the girl like she always loved her little like come up and being like haha fuck you like I'm walking in like here the Birkin bag. Yeah, I'm walking in here with your boyfriend on my arm in this dress. She that's made too young sure for me. to get that Birkin bag. Well, yeah, then. No. <laughs> but yeah, she like, she liked. She definitely also didn't ever want to look like she very much valued looking professional. That's mm. why she wanted the Birkin bag, for example. Totally. Like she wanted to look rich. She wouldn't have wanted to look like a young wannabe. Well, Samantha is like. I always think of that episode where Carrie's like, a New York woman wouldn't wear a scrunchie. Like, Samantha is like a New Yorker woman, professional, fucking respected in her career, pure biatch. So, like, she's not risking her reputation or her, like, she's very fashionable. And she was always the one dragging them to fashion shows along with Carrie. Like, she was Hmm. a fashion queen. So, she would not be going around wearing shite. And she just never dressed young. No, never. She dressed 80s, if yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah, Um, As you know, I have always loved my body just the way it is. Um, yes, Queen, love that. <laughs> <They're> boring. <laughs> boring. Number three. Um, oh, very Yas Queenie. A guy gets angry in a meeting, he's a pistol. A woman, she's emotional. That's true. It That's is true. true. Yeah. I mean, just age old. <laughs> Very, very true Okay number two I know you're gonna hate this one Because Well they used yes. it More than once They, they used, used it I think twice. Yeah which was just like no And they also So Say the quote first <laughs> I love you But I love me more So when she was Splitting with Richard Which was like Her biggest relationship In the series And the most believable Because like yeah. They definitely Would have went out Absolutely You know And then in the movie She splits with Smith And she regurgitates The same breakup Line. Which I guess is like I was watching something on this last night And I was like I guess they were trying to like Draw a really lazy parallel Of being like Is this Samantha's like Breakup line or something Or like Is she always just gonna put herself first But it's just like It was so unneeded And also Her and Richard went out for like Six months Her and Smith lived together And went to go out for like Five or six years Like you would not You don't break up with someone But also that line. She broke up with Richard yeah, because like her paranoia, she was, was yeah, and she was really letting herself down. Like she was becoming paranoid. She was following him around, and like he was treating her, and he wasn't fulfilling her emotionally. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of made sense. She was like, "I can't do this to myself. It's not fulfilling me. I love me more." But then with Smith, 
she wasn't acting like she loved herself more because she had really let herself you know she had lent herself into this relationship she was living for him at that stage so maybe you want to go back to loving yourself more but at the moment of her saying it she had moved out in New York she had she was working for him she was his bitch basically Mm -hmm. so you didn't really love yourself more. so it didn't make as much sense you know I think she was it's trying to get at the whole like I love me more so I'm going to put myself before the relationship but I get what you mean I just I hated the way they reused it because like Samantha as we said is a punchline queen and she would never reuse a line like that and it's also just tired when you are like hold on well the movies were just so embarrassing okay the number one one is so shit yeah I know I saw I was like ew men babies doesn't matter we're soulmates that is such bullshit my my best Samantha one liner ever and look I did not take any guidance or any advice from this line but it's just fucking brilliant what is it (laughs) dirty martini Dirty, Dirty bastard. bastard. And then throws the martini in Richard's face. That is like one of her most iconic lines ever. She is so fucking cool in that. If you don't know, it's when she uh, catches Richard cheating. He's like ringing her up, begging to see her again. So she gets so glam, uh, arranges to meet him at this bar. And she just turns up, orders martini and throws it in his face and walks off. It's like, yes, queen. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful moment. moment. I think my favourite Samantha moment is quotable, like her quote moment, is when she's in the bath with Maria and Maria's like, we need to talk more. Come on, we need to talk about our feelings. And she's like, I am sick of talking about our feelings. I want to be fucked. And I, I'm so like, yes, it's like her. That just kind of explained to me her masculine energy. Yeah. Which sometimes I can feel like I have. Well, she has. She's definitely the masculine uh, energy along with Miranda. Yeah. In the kind of quad. Because we said before... Um, you know Sex and the City the characters all kind of are singular entities of like the entirety of a woman you know like no one's fully like Carrie no one's fully like Miranda um, no one's fully like Samantha but we all have different levels of aspects of all of them within us and that's why we all kind of relate to every one of them on a different kind of level you know that way yeah because they're extremes yeah so that but then also I would say that Carrie and and Charlotte are like the feminine energy and then Miranda Mm -hmm. and uh Samantha are the masculine energy but like for yeah because like Carrie and um Carrie and Charlotte are more focused on like the romantic side where Miranda and Samantha are more focused on the fucking side well I think they're more practical it's more this kind of practicality especially around like if you think of like you know but in terms of conversation like Miranda and um Samantha definitely put sex over the romanticism but that's what I mean it's more like I wouldn't see it like sex I'd say it's more like practicality like they're more realistic they're more just like this is this blah 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 where Carrie like the opposite of romanticism wouldn't be sex or fucking for me it would be more like they're kind of straight very like it is what it is kind of matter of factness you know that way like Samantha or, or Carrie or Charlotte could be romanticizing this date they went on they'd be like oh my god it's blah blah and then like Miranda would be like shut the fuck up like you just paid for your dinner or Samantha would be like you fucked him why do you care if he calls you next you know that way it's more like this kind of over practicality where uh, like and I love them both for both of it because then like Charlotte and uh, Carrie are like oh my god I well, like the first him. episode we actually th- this is another Samantha quote um, she was actively trying to fuck like a man. Remember, that was mm-hmm. a conversation that Carrie was then using for her column. And I do think that Miranda and Samantha were both naturally like that. Mm-hmm. And we hadn't seen female characters be like that. You know, we're, totally. And it was like, they were basically, they were trying to push that idea that not all women fall in love when they sleep with someone. Mm-hmm. And Carrie always, you know, Carrie 
spoke about that she was like when you have sex with a man he stays with you for like all these different yeah. hormones that are happening you know and same with some Charlotte she was very like she'd obtain sex like she didn't even sleep with her fiance and her husband you know so mm-hmm. that they were very like more you know if it's a show about sex and city they were very much more like romantic with the whole idea of sex where like Miranda were able to like separate the two they didn't just like sleep with a guy and fall for him or whatever yeah you know yeah, yeah, yeah. so that was really cool to see on our screens as you know we're in Catholic Ireland and we're seeing this it really was like inspiring to me inspiring to become a big slut basically <laughs> <laughs> well it's very funny you find those things empowering now you've proven that wet ass pussy should not be on the radios uh, so let's talk about her then as maybe like a lover like as a girlfriend her different yeah. relationships um, Smith uh, aside because I don't think there's really much to talk about this we've kind of spoken about the Smith thing I think they just wanted to give her an avenue to be having this like they wanted normal to, relationship I think so yeah and I think they also wanted to be like almost sign and seal her fucking storyline and they're like right she's just gonna fall in love with Smith and stay with Smith Big who whoop. knows but I think as well I think they just kind of wanted to be like you can be that type of woman but you can also be in a relationship like just because when you're single you are like doing your thing or whatever you can also change your mind and meet someone and decide to just be with them yeah but I think they achieved that with her other relationships you know that way and I think I think the two interesting relationships that she has had would be Richard as you said the more believable one and uh, I loved Maria because I thought that was probably one of the most interesting like arcs in her storyline was that she decided to like date a woman and not fully identify as whatever you know she was never like I know she was like I'm dating a woman I'm in love but you know she was like I'm a lesbian Yeah and they were like What and she's like Well for now Or so you know what I mean It was never this big fucking deal It wasn't like That it had to be this You know Thing that she'd been hiding For years And it wasn't like Overtly just like Her being I liked how she took it seriously She's like I'm dating her And they mm-hmm. were like Samantha likes a girl She's like Shut up I loved it And But I think that her That was an interesting storyline Those two were Interesting What do you think? I think Richard, I think they could have done more with that. I I feel, I wish we had been able to see a segment of time with Richard that was just like a good relationship for a while. It was chaotic and never like on the cards. She was always uncomfortable. Like she never trusted him. Yeah. You know, I wish I, I would have enjoyed because it made sense. And Mm -hmm. I think that it could have worked for even a moment and it would have been nice to see. And then I think the whole like breakup would have been maybe a bit more believable I think that she deserved that journey of like getting with someone who was on her level mm-hmm. who you know they both respected each other um, as business people and stuff and then like they probably would have ran in the same circles so they would have definitely you know probably hung out for a while and it would have been nice to kind of see that because I feel like we never really saw her in a like relationship that was at her level you know I think they were trying to break, break, make it out that like they were both too alpha for each other they mm. were almost like cut too much from the same cl- piece of cloth you know where yeah. it was like maybe in those relationships where they are both so successful and work so much like maybe one person does have to be kind of the bitch I you think know? it was more I think what they were trying to do was she had lived her life like as whatever you want to call it like she had been really sexually open for the whole first couple of seasons and you know didn't value sex you know she always wanted a new guy she actively said that at the lunch like that she was like 
I, any guy I'm getting with keeps on asking me what I'm doing next weekend. I'm doing another guy next. Like they really wanted to her to be like happy in this like sexually explorative wild fucking life. And then I think when she decided that she found someone that she wanted to be loyal to, it was almost like, you know, maybe a lot of guys were trying to do that with her. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like she, I guess it's kind of like she found it difficult to, um, it's, you know, like he was still living that life. He was still living the life that she had previously led, but she had just decided that she'd really fallen for someone. And that's the yeah. kind of like. I think it was that she, she fell for him without thinking it would ever happen her. And we've all been in that position. Like everyone has met a guy that, you know, maybe everyone's like, he's a player, like he's a bachelor. He never has girlfriends or, you know, he, he'll always do this. He'll go out with a girl for two months and then it'll be nothing. You're always like, yeah, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I I get it. I know what he is. And then like a month in, you're like, fuck, fuck, fuckity fuck. I'm mad about him. And you're just, Mm. it can like hit you like a ton of bricks. You don't know what to do. And it can make your inner crazy spill the fuck out and that's kind of what happened to her as well like I remember that episode where Richard like she's launching a new hotel with Richard and uh, he kind of mentions something I can't remember what it was but he basically mentions that like they're not like exclusive and then she drags that journalist into the toilet and rides him just for the point of it and mm-hmm. like she and it makes her more miserable and well then he caught her yeah he catches Which her and he's like sick. and he's like oh Sam you'll never change and she's like for fuck's sake like he's just he's like because he was like you're not like that you're like me you want to fuck around and she's like I like you and then she writes him gets caught and she's basically proven his point to him without wanting to and Mm -hmm. you know I think we've all been in something along those lines be it more realistic or not like where you might you're trying you get with another guy to prove that you don't like that guy and just makes you more upset I mean it happens with dating you know like I can go on however many dates and I'm like blah 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 and then I'm like oh no I sometimes I'm like because the chaoticness of your brain you know I'm like I prefer the ones where I'm like oh not into them because when you meet someone that you actually yeah. gel with or like you're like oh no yeah you're like oh for fuck because sake. yeah you're like oh shit it's like well, it's way in more in else's line. hands then you and there's more in the line mm-hmm. you know that way you're like yeah. oh for fuck's sake and I think that Samantha kind of thought uh, and it was a good storyline in the sense that we all thought Samantha was kind of invincible to that emotion, you know. And it would have been really boring if they never made her fall in love or never made her trust a man because that's just completely... And there was another line that Samantha says that is really just like... It sticks in my mind. So she... I think she sleeps with Richard and then she's at the brunch with the girls the next day and they're <laughs> asking her about it and she's like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. Oh, and they're yeah. like, hold on. So they know instantly that this is different than her previous like liaisons that mm. she's like maybe into this guy so they start kind of teasing her and she's like fine 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 it was long pink perfect <laughs> yeah because they ask her first what the rose he gave her was like and she's like long pink perfect and then she's like they're like what's his dick like and then she's like yeah. long pink and perfect <laughs> so she's trying to maintain this kind of bravado that she's always had but she obviously is feeling a bit more like oh no mm. I'm not this like well she wasn't as ready to disclose something so personal because she you know was clearly riddled with anxiety because she was liking him and it is really odd if you are like on the dating scene for a certain amount of time and then you get used to that and then you're like oh crap Mm. I actually could be with this person and if they are still on their like you know if they're not on the same vibe as you that's what I mean with like her own like dating history probably like implemented her feelings of paranoia because like if you're dating and dating because it's 
you know, give and take. I've been on dates when they like me and I don't like them. Yeah. You know, so it obviously can happen as well where you like them and they don't like you. And oh, it's of like course. Stinger. And it's so horrendous when that happens. What do you prefer? Do you prefer to go on a date and like, like, do you prefer to be the kind of one who lets down or the one who's been let down? Uh, ooh, so awkward. Probably the one who lets down. Do you think? Yeah. Like, just because, like, I think it's, you know, on a first date situation, like we've said it before, like, I do think it's fine to go someone after a first date. Sorry, just if you think that they're mad into you, they're blowing up your phone and mm-hmm. you're just not into that. Like, sometimes that is the only way to get the message across. Sorry, I said if it. If they're not taking subtlety. That's like, what I mean. Of course, I'd always give someone the benefit of the doubt and kind of be like, oh, I'm not busy. I'm, I'm not around this weekend. But if they're like literally blowing, hopping up my phone and they're clearly mad about me and I had no interest in it, I'm like, OK, I, I don't owe you a breakup over the phone like mm-hmm. I don't owe you that fucking emotional labour man um, <laughs> but yeah I'd probably prefer to be the one because like see I don't ghost because in this day and age it's like I don't know I find ghosting really hard because they'll still with the flame emoji to your recent like so if yeah. I'm not into someone I would I feel like I just I just am honest in dating because I can't I don't have the time to be anything other than that you know like I well, I'm not dating so no <laughs> No So like Yeah Yeah but I think like Yeah I mean Do whatever you've got to do But I think it's better to I would prefer to like Be letting someone down Because Just the vulnerability of like I know that feeling of going on One date with someone And being mad about them randomly And then yeah. They're bopping around their life Probably forgot about you You're still like Hearing a song And being like Oh I remember I know. And you're and like, like What's wrong It's annoying when it takes you Like two months to get over Someone you met once And I they're know. And they're like On to the next relationship You're like What the Or they're fuck? like Oh what's your name again You're like, you're like you remember <laughs> you touched my hand <laughs> like it's it's wild it's so weird but I, yeah I think I do hate letting people down I find that painful it's hard but I think I I find it more painful to be broken hurt yeah totally because especially it's well it's easier publicly like if you're chatting to your friends and they're like what about that guy and you're like oh no you kind of wrecked my head so I dumped him totally but if they're like, what about that guy that you're mad about? Maybe you're mad about him you going on about him all the time. He was going to be bringing you on a little hotel trip away. Like, yeah, um, he, I just got over him. I dumped him. Yeah. And you must <laughs> know. You were so mad about I know, him. I know, I know. Don't talk about him. Unfollow him. I know I told you all to follow him. Like, oh, yeah, the cringe. I don't. So what did you think about the Maria? Uh, I loved that little relationship. I loved it was the, so fun. I loved that bing. When she but was, the bing. You want a little firework? <laughs> So Maria was basically, so Charlotte is this um, gallery curator. curator. So they have this show to go to. And I think, is that the same episode with the power lesbian? No, that's a different No, one. a different episode. So this um, artist was putting out all these paintings and like she, they'd never really done this before, like actually bringing an artist into it. And Maria, she's so fabulous looking. She kind of has like a Frida Kahlo vibe. Like she's super long hair. I think she's Mexican. Yeah. She's really beautiful. And just like to have that other ethnicity, because there was not a lot of like diversity in Sex and City. So that was really fun. Like she was like, hello. And she was so sexual. And her and Samantha bonded. Samantha wanted to invest in some of her paintings. And then like Samantha went over to her house. (laughs) And they were like screen printing together. (laughs) It was a ghost. It was. And then like Maria, they were washing hands together. And Maria and then, started washing her hand forward. She was like, Maria, don't. She's like, Samantha was like, sorry. I don't know what you want, but it's not here. And then they decide to kind of be friends. And then they go out and Samantha has this really masculine energy where she kind of comes up against Big and is like, oh yeah, you know, don't hurt her. And Maria sees this 
in Samantha and she's like I can't be around you because I'm so attracted to you and I think Samantha, I think Samantha felt, kisses her yeah she? they kissed and I think Samantha felt really maybe valued in that sense and yeah like she could actually because she does have such a masculine energy so I think she was like wow I can actually be appreciated for this instead of totally you know like instead she has a man kind of a lot of men would be very intimidated if they intimidated saw or that. trying to trump her energy yeah. like which we had with Richard um, and then they kind of had it was only for a few series but it was just so fun I know I think it was only two episodes or something was it? I think or sorry I meant episodes yeah I think it was only two maybe three episodes and I loved it I thought it was such a funny exploration into like dating and also like she was mad into her and remember she was like I ate her out remember they like actually gave like Marie was like no no yeah this is not a dick oh yeah it is a flower <laughs> And then, like, they're teaching her. And, like, Maria squirts. Yes. She squirts. And then Samantha's only comes up. like, is that good? And she comes up. Oh, yes, it's good. Very good. (laughs) And then she's like, so, girls, so you really... And they're like, ew. But I just love that she, like, decided, which happens so many women. Mm. You know, you get fucked around by men so much that you're like, do you know what? I'll try try it on for size. And it was true to Samantha's character. Because she's so explorative. Yeah, Yeah, it was like... You know, loads of women do that in a way and it, it's so annoying hearing it. I can imagine also probably as a lesbian woman, you'd be like, shut up, trying on my sexuality just because you got fucked over my by a lot of men. sexuality is not a costume. It ain't a costume, <laughs> bitches. But Samantha was like the tip, like that was so believable that she was like, I'm going to date this woman and give it my all because that was one thing Samantha as a character, like if she was going to do something, she was going to do it fully. Like she wasn't just going to randomly get with one girl and be like, I'm a lesbian. She's like fully committed. She was monogamous in relationship. <laughs> and also trying to, I think she was so, sex was her hobby. She was yeah. obsessed with sex. That's why we saw her like actively seek out certain sexual partners. Mm-hmm. Like the yoga guy who was celibate. She was really intrigued oh, yeah. by that. Or the wrestler guy when she actually put on the wrestling stuff. Or the or, monk. Or the monk. That was hilarious. <laughs> like she was really, that was her hobby. And um, oh, so it kind of made sense in the fact that like she seemed to be really interested in learning about like yeah. the vulva. Yeah, she was like all aspects. And it, it yeah. wasn't she kind of like in the sex at Maria, that's why she basically asked her to teach her because she was like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it well. Because she's known as being like a good fuck. So yeah. she was like, I'm going to be a good fuck to women too, which was great. But then they ended up ultimately breaking up because... Maria was jealous. Maria was and so, Oh yeah. Maria was jealous because like Samantha had so many guys... And they'd always be like, randomly. hey, Sam. And she'd be like, hi. And, and she's like, like, who is that? Ah, no one, just a guy used to fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you fuck all of these guys? And then I think Samantha was like, yes, and I'm with a woman and I'm not getting road at all because yeah. all they were doing was like talking and massaging mm. each other and talking about their feelings. And yeah. Samantha was like, I need to get fucked. Yeah. And then remember, <laughs> so she bangs all the plates when they have an argument, she's like, and she throws on, she's like, oh, my plates, you don't even cook. And she like throws it around. And then the next day she comes with a big box and I'm pretty sure it's a strap on. Oh. She's like, that better be some new um, plates in the oh, box. Yeah. And she opens it up and I'm pretty sure it's a strap on. Pretty and sure. And then they do this, they have sex and then she throws at her neck. Oh. So then the next scene, she's like, we ended it but can I drink on Valium? Oh, yes. <laughs> and yeah, and Carrie's also going, which Carrie is also going through the breakup, I think, isn't it? Because she go, they go to, no, they go to 
the bar opening scout. And she sees Aiden. And she, she sees Aiden. And she overtakes fucking Samantha's once again big break. Well, they totally, of, of course. And she, they totally. Just because she's seeing a guy that she cheated on. Like, for fuck's sake, get over it, bitch. Oh, honey. I always wanted the cake. I always wanted, wanted the, the cake. cake. I would fucking ram that cake in her face. <laughs> Mush it all over yeah. her face. There you go, bitch. There's Take a cake. Valium with Samantha. Yeah, and fuck her, and to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she came, they totally were like, oh, remember when she was yeah. like, no, it ended. They were like, oh, like as if she's this toy. Yeah. But I do understand because, you know, it can feel like sometimes you do have to like very much hold yourself in a stance as a single person because sometimes you know your friends can make these little comments oh you're mad you're single and it's like my single life matters just as much as your relationship because it's both like something that you're nourishing and you're you know actively doing you know the way like so it definitely I love that about Samantha that she owns her single life that you know and they can make a joke out of it but like bitch some of your relationships are a joke too like Carrie yeah you're saying that like she's this joke because she goes around and does whatever but like Yours are a joke as well, you know? But not even a joke. It's like the judgment. And we'll talk about her as a friend now, basically. So that uh, scene where she basically tells, you know, Carrie to fuck off. Like, Carrie goes to her beforehand. She turns up at Miranda's, or Samantha's apartment and tells her about her affair. With They'd had a night and everyone leaves and Carrie Mm. stays because she knows that she couldn't have openly said it to yeah. all of the girls she knows that Samantha is non-judgmental and that's like a huge character trait of, of Samantha is that like she expects you to give her the m- amount of like non-judgment as she provides her friends mm-hmm. and she provides that safe space uh, for her friends to tell her and like, loyalty yeah, yeah loyalty and she never looks down her nose she never judges any of them for she any never of their questions. antics the only thing she does judge is if they're coming to the brunch and saying that they had bad sex and they're going on a date. Yeah. Hence when Carrie was with Burger and she's like, hold on, why are you bothered? Which, yeah. whatever, that's what she values. Well, you it's know? more advice. It's not even, it never even comes from a judgment place. It's more of advice for her friend to have good sex. You know what I mean? She has her her friend's best interests at heart a lot yeah. of the time, all the time. And Carrie tells her, opens up about the affair with Big. And then, and then at the end, Carrie sits in her couch and she goes, don't you want to judge me just a little bit? And Samantha goes, not my style and it isn't her style no she's a stylish motherfucker and then she goes how was it oh yeah <laughs> she asked she just, and then she's like wonderful so yeah so then obviously she had given that you know safe space that lack of judgment but Carrie was very judgmental towards Samantha oh, was very um you know kind of just used her as like the joke of the group like let's all slag her well, Whatever Carrie doing kind of thing. definitely has like a kind of whiff of herself and this kind of morally superior to Samantha. And I'd say as a character it's for Samantha, that would really piss her off because she's not holding them as equals. She's like all about having fun, laughing and joking about Samantha's crazy sex life. But, you know, why is it such a shock when you see it in real life? And that fair enough, it might be like, oh, God, I walked in on something crazy happening. But why can't it be funny in a good way then? Why can't it be like, oh, my but why God. are you bringing it up in a shady way at the brunch? But well, also what most of I mean, if these were real people, what must have been really frustrating is that like Carrie is a sex columnist. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure most of the juice she got was from Samantha's exploration, because yeah. like Carrie was just 
judgmental towards sex and people in general mm-hmm. like she went out with that bi guy and she couldn't walk down the street without being like who are you looking at yeah. him or her yeah, that was so annoying and Samantha is out there being a lesbian you know the way and, and like s- truly diving was, into stuff Carrie thought she was being a fucking lesbian because she kissed Alanis Morissette at a party yeah and spin the bottle yeah spin the fucking bottle she couldn't even kiss a girl in a game like <laughs> so yeah I'd say that was frustrating as well just in terms of like for the reality of Kim Cattrall being like I'm providing this and they're kind of making my character in a bit of a, into a bit of a joke which is frustrating yeah but um so as a friend, she was very loyal, like her and she was very loyal, but she also, if we look at her, say with Miranda, she was quite difficult when Miranda had the baby. Yeah, that was probably like, if you think of like some of her character faults, uh, like, you know, something that could be good for Samantha was that she is very independent She's been single a lot of the time, so she's used to putting herself first. She always talks about that. She's like, it's me time. It's, you know, it's Samantha Jones' world. We're all just living in it as far as she's concerned. Mm -hmm. But that she doesn't express a huge amount of empathy. You know, even beforehand, she's always like, why are kids, you know, at brunch? Like, she hates that. She hates kids being around, which, you know, some people do, especially people who choose to not have children. Maybe they don't understand that aspect. But when one of And people who can afford, like, you know, and are spending a lot of money on amazing restaurants and there's a kid running around, like, screaming. It's like like, I kids, am a man I yeah. don't fucking like Well that. if your kids Are going to be there At least make them Be well behaved mm-hmm. And if your kid Is screaming up A damn storm Bring them outside You know yeah, what I mean Sort it out I sort can't stand out. that But where she does Lack a bit of empathy And a bit of softness Is when One of her good friends Miranda Is you know Going through being Not just a mum But a single mum Like she's trying to juggle and she's trying to get back in with her pals she's trying to keep up like oh that's so that episode breaks my heart however I will say yeah she comes around well she comes around obviously but she deals with it so much better than Carrie does because yes she has that moment that lapse of judgement where she pushes Miranda basically into a cab and is like see ya we're We're going going shopping shopping. (laughs) you're not coming you've got this fucking baby and you know she she's blindsided. She's she's completely ignorant to that world, so she doesn't take it into consideration. She sees it as an annoyance to yeah. her, and it's an inc- impacting like her life. So she's like, no, nope. yeah. But you know, she obviously comes around and she comes over and she minds Brady. So that's not. I think we'll get her and hair she, done. And yeah, she, she gives her, her this appointment, yeah. and she's uh, what's the word if we're talking love languages? Like in that term, service. she was gave an act of service. But I love that she like made it up. But Carrie as we spoke about in the episode with her, when she comes over and Miranda's trying to get the kid on the nipple and like Carrie's waffling on about how she's dating New York. And, and well, <laughs> Carrie was basically flaunting in front of her yeah. of how wonderful it is yeah. to not have a baby. She's like, oh, I don't know what I'll do today. I'm yeah. just bop around to a museum. And then the minute the baby settles down, she fucks off and Miranda begs her to stay. She's like, no, please, please, no, please, please. I can please. talk now, she's please. Like, I can talk, please. Just the baby's on my tit. And, and Carrie and looks like, down no, on her and goes, yeah. Miranda, you're a mom now <laughs> And leaves her Alone I'd In her apartment Smack her with my big milky tit Oh my goodness <laughs> I squirt her with the other one <laughs> And my wet ass pussy Yeah Well dry my ass My wet ass pussy. tit Yeah dry ass <laughs> Breastfeeding does dry you out down there girls Just so you know But you know At least I love that Samantha Even when she does wrong like that She is shown as like You know She might not always have the empathy Right up front And she might not have you know, she might be blindsided because we're all blindsided by things in life. But, sometimes yeah. we don't. Sometimes, like your friend, 
like, the amount of times that like I've come away say from like lunch with friends or something and I'll look back on myself and I'm like oh my god someone was trying to tell me something there and I was like guys aren't the chips yeah. shit here sometimes that happens but, but it's, sometimes like I mean we are act. quite strong people yes. and um, <laughs> you know we're strong and with those kind of that kind of strength sometimes it takes a little while to kind of tap into you know your more empathetic side so like sometimes when my sisters are like say we had an argument and they're like Lindsay come on like that wasn't cool and I'm like I don't understand how it's not cool yeah and they really have to just like I have to really kind of understand and I'm like it takes me longer than them because I don't maybe get as affected by them with yes. words yes you and, know you know so that's you know just self-awareness but I like that Samantha although she was like completely ignorant to that as a being a problem when she did reflect she made it better and that in her own way as well in her own way and also in a way that she knew Miranda would appreciate and in a way that also went towards like like the baby she made the baby the problem and as in like your baby's a nuisance and so she instead of being like I'm gonna bring you out to dinner and we're just not gonna talk about the thing yeah. that I did with the baby she actually came over and was like you know what I'll mind your fucking baby you take my hair and do you remember I actually can't fucking deal she had this vibrator <laughs> remember and she oh, put it on the baby under seat. the baby <laughs> and it was like mm. yeah. and the she baby like, fell asleep and Miranda came back she was like <gasps> how did you do it and Samantha has a cocktail she's like Oh honey Like God, So isn't that wonderful That not only did she Mind the baby Now yeah she's using A dildo to fucking mind But I like mean, It's a back massager Yeah it was a back massager But like you know She did it well And she she didn't like She enjoyed it in a way Like yeah. she came back And everything was sorted Yeah like, Miranda had her hair done And she didn't come back To like Like Carrie couldn't even Hold the baby for two minutes She's yeah. like oh my god She got the puke on Chanel <laughs> I remember when fucking Miranda fully went into Labour And the water broke All over Carrie's shoes And Carrie's like <gasps> My Manolos. Yeah, it's like yeah. Maybe don't wear Manolos to a fucking hospital where yeah. I'm giving birth. Yes, like come on, or take them off. Like just fuck. And also shut the fuck up. Shut. It's not about you for one moment. Yeah. Oh my god, I want to just deck the I bitch know, so I know. bad. She's so annoying. But yeah, I, who um out of the friend group do you see? Like, do you see her being closest to Carrie? Or I always think in my mind, I'm like, if they were real. Mm-hmm. I'm like they'd have a group WhatsApp group texting group yes but Miranda and Samantha would yes, be texting queen. outside the group being like fucking hell Carrie's being a melt today 100% they'd be like will she ever get it the fuck together because yeah. Miranda and Samantha were the two boss bitches like yeah. they have their homes they have amazing lives they like and they live are, their life how they want to live it too like Miranda do. very much has that energy where she's like I'm going to have a fucking single kid or sing, I'm going to be a single mom should I say or or I'm going to buy this amazing home I'm going to yeah. invest in property as a single person I don't mm. care if that looks bad or whatever yeah and same with Samantha like she wanted a certain life and she made sure she got it whereas like Charlotte had to fucking beg her mother-in-law to put her down and then fight for money you know and after being married for a guy for under a year and Carrie has 400 grand of shoesies in her closet <laughs> mama shoesies <laughs> and she has to beg her ex-boyfriend for a down payment for a gaff and then takes her friend's ring yeah oh, so it's like God she's mess. fucked so yeah definitely I'd say we didn't get to see a lot no. of Miranda and Samantha never. or Samantha and Charlotte never re- Samantha and Charlotte do have a good another one time yeah, where I Samantha Samantha's actually Jesus she's a an apologetic queen in the best way so uh, Samantha gets with Charlotte's brother and she gets with them in their house is it like are, are and they- Charlotte he's up 
visiting Charlotte. Oh, yeah. So And in... the next morning, Charlotte's like, hey, good morning. And Samantha comes out of the bedroom in wearing his, his shirt. shirt. <laughs> She's like, where's the coffee? And now look, that was obviously wrong of Samantha in, like in the sense that like she crossed that boundary like yeah. she also I mean know, if you have don't ride. to fuck the brother don't do not do it in Charlotte's house you yeah. have a bloody cat. and don't come out wearing the shirt like honey you'll never guess who I fucked last oh, night oh yeah like, I know it's too close to home yeah and as Charlotte like kicks her out of the gap like they have a big fucking fight and then she, uh, Samantha turns up a few days later with like a fruit basket which again is so Charlotte yeah Charlotte she knows what she, and also this mm-hmm. is where Samantha's PR comes in because she's like you know and her act of service her act of service but her fucking cop on because she's like not, she's not going to turn up to Charlotte with a hair appointment Charlotte's fucking rich she doesn't need the fucking hair appointment but she's going to turn up to Charlotte with like some I don't know fancy ass cupcake and fruit basket that, well like Charlotte really values that yeah she loves know? that kind of stuff and she's you know they they have she remember she smacks Charlotte on the arse she gives Charlotte the fruit basket and she's like thank you and she walks in and she goes smacks I her on the arse I watch that episode again I don't think I've watched that enough yeah it's a great one um, probably like, only about 12 times as opposed yeah. to 30 of every other one literally um, literally did not have to rewatch one episode to do this episode no I haven't watched <laughs> Sex and City in years it's like embedded into the back of my eyelid <laughs> same just constantly playing do, the file effects I'm like you know like Belle and Beauty and the Beast with the like the ladder that goes oh my that's like me and it's like these but it's Joan Rivers joke filing press and it's yes like, oh my all goodness these sayings <laughs> from Sex in the City I know like we're fully remembering quotes we can't remember any well known quote but a Samantha no. quote about a perfect dick I will be correcting your ass when you say Literally, it wrong. I had a bit of a Samantha the moment the other evening um I got lit on a date mm-hmm. um had to go to the bathroom mid nudity was okay. involved so I was in the bathroom I left it was like this dude's bedroom was like in the kind of annex mm-hmm. thing so it was this little stair so I went down drunk in the bathroom and obviously forgot about the little stairs I just went into the left room oh. naked into his roommate <laughs> and I was like just looking Apparently. And was his lights on? No. Oh, okay. he But he was awake. Oh. So I don't really know. I can't remember. You probably didn't see a hell lot. <sighs> I don't know. Thank God I was tanned. So, which I was look, on. But like, you're welcome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you all got to look at the beautiful body. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very Samantha joke. Oh, I know. I was like, and I forgot. So then the next day I was like, hey, how are you? So lovely to meet you. He was like, okay, yeah, yeah. And then when I came home, he texted me. He was like, oh, apparently you went into my roommate's room naked. God. And he had to say, this isn't blah, blah. Oh and I was God. like, didn't say anything. I just left. <laughs> yes, queen. My most Samantha Jones moment was again in New York. And um, I had to take the morning after pill on a date with a different guy. Oh, very Samantha. Very, very I Samantha. I had to literally like, because the morning after pill in America, at least then. Was and then you're two, like, handy. Yeah, it was two pills. So you take one as soon as possible and then take another one like six or 12 hours after. Okay. So I got the morning after bill on the way home, uh, took it, must have been like say 12 in the day, maybe lunchtime. And then I had to take the next one like six hours later, which was like 8 p.m. when I had this date and I was like, fuck. And I, like, I was so, I'm so like, anal with the morning after pill you know excuse the point yeah if you were anal <laughs> I you don't, wouldn't have needed it. I don't take them anally, <laughs> but you know, ask your doctor, you might be able to. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm booked. Cause you know, you know, also when you're like, 
I ain't having this guy's baby, so I'm making sure this pill works. So oh, yeah. I had to sneak off during the date, like, because I had an alarm on my phone, and it was like 9 p.m. or whatever. And it was like, and I was like, excuse me, I just had to go to the bathroom. And I had to go in and take the morning after, and I was like, dear God, I feel like a slut, and I like it. And I like it! <laughs> I had a weird morning after pill moment I think me and my friend were both taking it this was years ago we were both taking it at the same time so I just got it and then I like had it on my tongue and I took a selfie to send to her being like you know morning after pill twinsies the fucking thing fell on the ground I had to pick it up and eat it (laughs) was it in your bathroom it was outside on the fucking street I was taking it walking back from the chemist Ah! it was on fucking the path that's brilliant so it had half dissolved I was like oh for fuck Oh, pre-COVID times. (laughs) (laughs) I do the same now. (laughs) Okay, gals, that is going to be all for this week. Let us know. Actually, yeah, let us know your most... That will be our Ooh, question box yes. on Instagram. The most Samantha moment. And we could actually, yes. we'll re, we'll put some of them out on um, Instagram, but some of them I'm imagining are going to be too racy. So we'll maybe do a little intro to X gals. Oh, that'd be a good one. Yeah, yeah because so. I love hearing people's no, we're, we're Samantha sharing a good, We're going to share a good few to Instagram because they are fucking We gas. will. We're both index yeah, fingering each other. We're being very index Samantha. Fingering. Yeah, we're fingering <laughs> each other whilst podcasting and both in our period. And what? A wet ass pussy. <laughs> Get it up there, girls. <laughs> You know that Cat Slater meme that's going around? It's like Cat Slater. I never watch these senders, but like it looks fucking gas. And this one meme, she's sat next to a nun and she's like, Oh, I wasn't just a slut. I was the biggest slut ever. And the nun is like, <laughs> I don't know the meme, but I'm laughing anyway. I love it. I, I love it. Throw I love it up it. in the ground. Okay, girls. See you next week. Bye. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.